Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. I, uh, I, I very much enjoyed that conversation there before the break. In fact, uh, during the commercial, producer Amy and I were, were talking about uh, how pleasant and matter-of-fact and uh, applicable to the, the circumstances were the bits of advice shared there by Shireen Gorbani, uh, Salt Lake County Councilwoman. Now, one thing that we commented on was how absent uh, of politics it was. Yeah, the, the, the hardship facing uh, Utahns in terms of employment and the business that they do, uh, it's, not a, it's not a political matter. All right. Uh, the, the, the coronavirus and its impact on our lives is not political. I do not believe if uh, old Aunt Rona showed up that she would have any kind of party affiliation uh, to her name. Old Aunt Rona. That's what I call her now. Uh, the, the reason I, I hearken back to that conversation we just had, uh, I just wanted to highlight how the, the stress and the, the desire for remedy is, is not a partisan thing. Shereen Gorbani, uh, a Democrat, has been involved in uh, Utah politics for some time, running for a number of offices, uh, and she, uh, you know, she's, she's in a circumstance now where she'll be replaced come January. But, uh, you know, someone who, uh, in terms of, you know, carrying the Democrat banner, is someone who is very reliably uh, liberal and Democrat on these matters. Well, let me just share with you now uh, portions of an email I received uh, just moments ago from Attorney General Sean Reyes, who uh, finds himself uh, likely uh, on the exact opposite end of the political spectrum, a very uh, conservative Trump-supporting Republican. He writes, Utah Attorney General, this is from a release plus a a quote from the Attorney General. I'll share with you uh, the the introduction plus the quote from the Attorney General. It reads, Utah Attorney General Sean D. Reyes has joined a coalition of attorneys general representing 43 states, the District of Columbia, and five U.S. territories, urging Congress to extend the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, that's the CARES Act funding, until the end of 2021. The attorneys general signed the letter and sent it to Congress today, urging members to extend the December 30th, 2020 deadline. And now is the quote from the attorney general. He says, quote, although the new vaccines offer significant hope for the future, the coronavirus pandemic is not over. And there are thousands of Utahns suffering economic and other hardships because of it. That's exactly what uh, Ms. Gorbani had to say. Congress should take action on extending the CARES Act. That's what Ms. Gorbani had to say. And I am urging them to prioritize this and get it done as soon as possible. 
That's what Attorney General Sean Reyes said, and that's what uh, Shereen Gorbani said. There's great agreement on this. There ought to be help. Anyway, uh, that is a tangent. It's an observation I wanted to share with you uh, before we move on to this next uh, segment here. (laughs) Uh, So so CARES Act funding, a sequel to the CARES Act being called for uh, by individuals on all parts of the political spectrum. Anyway, uh, we'll leave that uh, where it is for now and now. Now, I'm very excited about this. We, a number of months ago, had a conversation about some of the new words that we had learned here in 2020, many of them deriving from the coronavirus and it making its uh, uh, appearance here on planet Earth. And the question that we asked at the time, and I was so uh, touched that so many of you participated in the conversation here on the air, was uh, what ought to be the 2020 word of the year? This is a distinction that uh, each year is handed out by uh, like Merriam-Webster and Dictionary.com, uh, also Oxford Languages. Uh, they also uh, often ha- hand out word of the year determinations. And let me tell you this. <clears throat> I was not surprised in the slightest by the decision made by both Merriam-Webster and Dictionary.com. Have you seen this yet? They have declared the same word as their tops. That's pandemic. Pandemic. Pretty simple, right? Pandemic is the word which has been chosen. Now, earlier in the year, before the determination was made, here were some of the contenders. Chloroquine. Pandemic. Coughing. Hydroxychloroquine. Sneezing. Micro droplet. Sustained transmission. Mask. Social distancing. COVID-19. Coronavirus. What do you think about that? Would you have picked one of those words? Those were all uh, pandemic-oriented. Those were all uh, in the realm of COVID-19, in the category of COVID-19. But you and I know very well that there's been much more to happen uh, this year than just the pandemic. There were also uh, protests. In some cases, those protests morphed into riots across this great country. We saw some of it right here in Utah, all of it stemming uh, from Uh, claims of social inequality and strife. It's in that light that Oxford Languages decided not to declare a single word as their word of the year, but rather Oxford English Dictionary put together a rather lengthy report analyzing the way that we have used language this year. 2020, they acknowledge, has been like no other year. And as you walk through the calendar year, you could make a case at any time for uh, a year of the, or a word of that moment to qualify as a word of the year. They, they have a timeline. It's fascinating. So let's go back to January. This is before uh, old Aunt Rona showed up. In, in January, early January, about bushfire. One of the defining, again, according to uh, Oxford, one of the defining climactic events of the end of 2019 and beginning of 2020 was the Australian bushfire, the worst on record. Not long after that, impeachment, they make the claim, could have been deemed to be word of the year. A hot topic in January when the trial to impeach Donald Trump began. Acquittal, mid-February. And then... In March, early March, coronavirus. 
in one of the most dramatic examples of increased usage of any word, uh, one of the most frequently used nouns in the English language. Yeah, uh, mid-March coronavirus jumped exponentially to become one of the most used nouns in the English language. Think about yourself. How often do you use that word daily? I, as a talk show guy, use it far too often. (laughs) And I am very much looking forward to uh, this vaccine when it shows up. In fact, all that emotion I expressed a little while ago when... Uh, when Pfizer and Moderna made their announcements, it was because I knew a day was swiftly approaching where you and I wouldn't have to wouldn't have to banter back and forth about coronavirus. That'll be a happy day. Anyway, uh, I, I am late for the break. We're, we're going to step away, come back in just a few moments, and have a conversation with uh, Senator Mike Lee. But if I could, uh, if you could nominate a runner-up word of the year, please let me know what you think it ought to be. Five seven five zero zero. That's the Utah. Community Credit Union text line. I'd love to hear from you there about the word of the year. Any thoughts you have on some new language that we've picked up in 2020? So much, so much has been added to our collective lexicon. Fascinating stuff. Quick break. When we return, we're going to wrap up the program today with a conversation with Utah Senator Mike Lee. The news broke this morning that Judge D. Benson of the U.S. District Court for the District of Utah had passed away after a relatively short battle with brain cancer. Mike Lee clerked for him in the 90s. What do we have to learn? We'll find out next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.